Hey, welcome to the Pittsburgh City People Podcast. My name's Alex Gordon. My guest today is David Bernabo. His new album came out last month. It's called The Inn. We're here to talk about it. He's also going to play a song or two. Hey, David. Hey. How's it going? Oh, it's good. Good. So let's just jump right into it. You took a kind of novel approach to recording this album. You started with the drums. Can you just uh, explain for our listeners who don't know uh, how you went about it? Yeah, sure. Um, So I I picked up drums in eighth grade, but I I never get a chance to play them. So I figured I would record uh, about three hours of drums. And from there, I took 11 bits of those drums and used that to write songs to the drums. Um, how many sessions was it like one when we when you first told me about it i I was picturing you like having like a crazy psychedelic three hour jam session and then cutting it up i don 't think that 's what happened is it well uh, I was trying to be nice to my neighbors, so I, I did three days of about forty five minutes of drumming, and within those forty five minutes i 'd do what I thought might be ten songs worth of drums or until I ran out of ideas okay so you when you started the session you anticipate you were going to make this album this way yeah you yeah. knew it from the start okay yeah. cool um and when when was that when were the sessions uh, i i recorded the drums about a year ago okay. and just slowly pieced together not pieced together but just said today i'm going to write a song and then i wrote the song yeah and then the next day i'm like i'm going to finish the lyrics and record the lyrics and then so every song was about two days worth okay of, you know a couple hours a day and was it all home recorded yeah Wow. Yeah, cool. So I want to talk about the song material. Sure. Um, I think there are parts on the album that feel um, sort of like improvised jazz. It feels um, sort of avant-garde. But material is just like a great little pop song. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> can you just tell me how that one came together so concisely? Yeah. Um, uh, my friends in Mirage Blanc, they've been doing this thing over their past few records where they do these interlocking uh Peggios and picking patterns so I'm like I'll, I'll try to do that so the way all these songs came together would be I had the drums and then I took the acoustic guitar uh, it's a handmade guitar my friend Raymond Morin okay. made for me and I would figure out the parts and then double track everything so it kind of solidified it as a part even though bits of that was improvised Right. Um, and uh, I used the fretless uh, the two strings from a 16-string double-neck guitar. I have a question. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll get to that then. Yeah. But that was the bass, so I put the bass on next, and then I put the electric guitars on. Um, it, it, like, none of these songs really had a uh, a goal in mind. It's just kind of getting into it, figuring out what works, uh, what could be jarring but workable, and, you know, what just sounds nice and has a groove to it. Was there a song that was particularly difficult to, to make happen in the way that you wanted to turn out? Well, the, the last song, uh, Winter Godlight, because I actually had a melody when I wrote the guitar part. I'm like, oh, that's how the vocal melody will go. And then the lyrics came pretty easily. And because it was so set, it was actually harder to do. Hmm. Were there, was there a song that came in cr- easily? Uh, well, material actually <laughs> came really easily. That was the sec- uh, third song I recorded for it. Oh, cool. And, uh, you know, that's the initial excitement is happening because I'm like, oh, this is a new process. And uh, the reason I did this was because I was kind of having a writer's block. You know, I, I didn't want to just write chords anymore. So this way freed me up to do little bits of guitar, like high with no uh, root note cording yeah. with it. Uh, so that way I could expand the harmonic range that I'm working with, do a lot of harmonizing, and um, detach myself from writing songs with chords. Mm-hmm. 
Who's the maker, the maker of fools? I spit into the alleyway to watch it bloom. I was the vessel, the vessel for love. I walked in through the door, and what fell was blood. You felt matter now, agency in life. Then it turned around and said, "Fall down dead." You take tyrant man, make a humble life. I saw into the living, and I saw the mistake. You said each song was around two days. How long was it from the beginning of the first drum session to it being mixed and mastered? Oh, uh, probably about ten months. Um, it wasn't a priority because hmm. I, I keep having this internal discussion with myself of, as to what making music means. I found more uh, utility in doing music for dance and theater and and film scores just because it has a purpose and, and you can be a lot more experimental with that and the right. audience seems forgiving of it um, so making another solo record or a host call record or any song record I, I just wonder who's going to listen so that's why I, I just took my time had yeah. fun with it awesome what was your first instrument oh piano piano yeah how many do you play all together um, I, I play piano and guitar well uh, I play drums okay uh, bass pretty well, yeah. and uh, accordion badly, but serviceably. How, how did you get into accordion? Uh, my grandfather was a really well, uh, very good accordion player, so he had two accordions. I inherited one of them, so I've been using that mainly for film scores, uh, yeah. dance scores, and it kind of lends itself to that long note, which none of the of other instruments yeah. I play can sustain a note. Yeah, <laughs> so it's it's useful because I'm. Uh, rather terrible with uh, bowed stringed instruments. Yeah. I was going to say I have that same problem. I have a violin and a cello, but I can only I can only pick them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so getting back to bass, we actually, somewhat of a coincidence, is a City Paper employee, Jeff. Oh. Uh, did you know that? I didn't know he worked for yeah. City Paper. Yeah, he's a designer oh. here. Uh, oh, cool. So he, let's talk about that bass. Can you yeah. explain that? Yeah, so I asked uh, Jeff to make me this bass, and um, no, not a bass, a guitar. It has two necks. Uh, the first neck is two fretless bass strings, and on that same neck, it's it's two piece, two different necks glued together. So two fretless bass strings, and then three doubled guitar strings. That's the one neck, uh, and then the other neck is a standard guitar neck, except the low E and A strings are doubled hmm. for, uh, with octaves. So it's 16 strings total. Uh, Jeff made it from parts of uh, a table and other, you know, various guitar sources, I guess. That is so cool. Yeah, it's really beautiful. 
Um, but my base, the pickups, pickups have been bad for like five years, and I haven't taken them to get fixed. So I, I used these two fretless strings on the whole record. That's a really cool workaround. Yeah. Are, do you do you still play it? Do you play it on its own, or is it, was this just to service the record? Oh, um, yeah. Eric Sorelli and I, uh, who's a guitarist in the group I have, yeah. uh, host call, yeah. and he's an Emily Rock. Yeah. He was, sent, yeah. <laughs> he was here last week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we were doing a series of duos, so I would play that, uh, just improvised music. Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, so what do you have coming up this summer? Um, following up the record or is it just working on other stuff one of your many many other projects um well i'm gonna play a couple solo shows the problem with this record is it's hard to play and i didn't write any of it down because i I just wanted to have fun making it yeah um it's all in alternate tunings a lot of it's improvised and then recorded and then i never played it again yeah so i would have to go back and figure everything out um so the songs i'm playing today are different arrangements uh, it's taking core elements of the song and then uh, putting that in a different bedding. How long have you been in Pittsburgh? Uh, the whole time. The whole time, your whole life. Yeah, thirty-three years. Cool. Has and you've been involved in music for a long time. I'm curious. Do you think that have you seen the scene in Pittsburgh change? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it, so when I entered it, I, I, right out of high school, I joined my English teacher's band, uh, Box Step. Okay. Uh, we were on a label in Chicago. We did a six-week tour, met, played with the Frogs, played with uh, Chris is Weird, which turned into, um, what's that band I don't like? <laughs> uh, band of Horses. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it was awesome. It was really fun. Um, but at that time, like, uh, the thing that was really exciting was uh, the scene kind of happening around Mr. Roboto. Right. Because it was, you know, very political. It was, like, progressive. Um, you actually had dialogue about social issues. Right. And, and you had interesting music, and it was a really diverse scene. Mm. So from there, I think things have, uh, you know, gone up and down. Yeah. Different scenes happen. I, I think the one thing that's happened is that with uh, easier access to recording technology, people's recordings just sound better, Yeah. which is uh, good and bad because I think people are hiding lazy songwriting behind um, high-quality recordings. Of course, yeah. Um, but overall, it's, it's nice to hear a clean, you know, a cleaner... Uh, record with that um, basically gives the performer more options right. to do a studio record. Who are they? 
Horse fan fattens 